Thank you for listening to the Power Shift Mindset. We'll be discussing techniques, concepts, and strategies to help you achieve the success and happiness you're looking for. Hey guys, it's Coach Jay, and I'm back again with Shruti, and this week we're talking about leadership, the different qualities and attributes a good leader would have, and comparing a leader to a boss. Hope you enjoy this show. Hey guys, it's Coach Jay, and I'm back with Shruti, and this week we're talking about leadership and how you take leadership into your life for yourself and the difference between being a leader and a boss. Um, There's one cartoon, meme, whatever you want to call it, that pops up often, and it shows four people pulling a desk and the boss sitting behind the desk as it's being pulled, and that's a boss. And then there shows five people pulling the empty desk where it's the four employees or whoever they are, and the boss now in a leadership role, help and pull the desk. And that's one that's always stood out to me. A leader will be there. And even though they are the boss, they are the ones running the show. They will also step in and get their hands dirty. And I know my first job uh, was working at Chuck E. Cheese. And if you've ever been there on a Saturday when they have a million parties going on and they need 20 pizzas coming out of the oven at the same time, my first boss, I mean, Doug Best, I'll never forget him, would tuck his tie into his shirt, get his hands in all the ingredients and make the pizzas with us and, and help us out. And that was my first impression of what a boss should be. Unfortunately, moving forward, it never, it didn't always work that way. You'd find some that would get their hands dirty and then some that would just yell from their desk at what you're supposed to do. And Trudy, what's your definition of a leader and how would you compare the difference between being a leader and just being a boss? So I saw this quote on Instagram and it said, don't adapt to the energy in the room, influence the energy in the room. And to me, that defines a leader. So if you want to become something or you want to influence someone, lead by example, Don't necessarily look for it in somebody else. So if you want a certain quality, lead with that. And then you can inspire others to also, you know, become leaders as well. So it starts with you. If you want something, you have to set an example. To me, that's that's a true leader. A boss, on the other hand, is just someone who's in charge and they're giving you certain tasks to do throughout the day and they have this there could be an ego there but not necessarily but I also feel like a boss can also be a leader if they choose to be well we talked about it in when I took my communication class a couple years ago we talked about communicating in that leadership role and and a leader is the person that's going to go up there they're going to and show their thoughts and feelings towards something and get the group to, to go along with them and, and support that cause and, and not, not approving of what was done or how it was done. And they said one of the greatest leaders ever was Hitler. And again, not approving of what he did and, and how he went about it and the way he carried things out. But when you talk about someone that's going to lead a group, I mean, he did what what a leader should do. He was right there with, with his guys and, and doing everything. And again, not, not approving of that, but there's a difference. And I see it with, I mean, with team captains. And again, I spent so many years with high school sports, watching my son play and um, in soccer, you wear the captain's armband and 
you can tell the difference between that that true captain, the one that leads the team, the one that on that first day of practice, that freshman who is out of shape, can't make the laps. And instead of everyone laughing because you have this one slow freshman there, that captain is doing his laps and then going back and doing an extra lap with that freshman and saying, Hey, come on, you got this. You can, you can make it. Let's keep going, keep pushing. And that's a true leader. That's a true captain. That's going to get you to, to your goals uh, rather than have that boss that just says, Hey, I told you to make these parts faster. Hey, why isn't this machine running? Why isn't this going on yet? You're not coming out and helping with the situation. There's a big difference. Yeah. I mean, I think that a leader possesses qualities that should inspire you. I don't think Hitler, in my opinion, was a leader, quote unquote, that inspired positive qualities. When I think a leader, I think of, oh, those are qualities I want to possess. And one thing this woman talks about in her YouTube video, she says, direct eye contact. She's talking about how Obama treated everyone that he met with such respect. He said, repeated their name. He really connected with them. And she said, when you make eye contact, good communicators hold eye contact. And that means I'm connected with you. You can trust me. So those are qualities that, for me at least, inspire me where I feel seen, where I feel heard, where I feel acknowledged. And another person is doing that. And I'm like, ooh, this person is present with me, they care, they're listening. Those in my mind are leadership qualities. So another thing also is when people say, uh, there's one quote that I saw and it was, don't match people's energy, like vibrate so high that you can walk away. Like don't, don't lower your vibration for someone else because they're coming from that place. So you stay on your high vibration and you lead with that. And then when you lead with that, you will invite people who flock to you, who are also either on that vibration or looking to be on that vibration. So th those are those are qualities that I define as a leader, uh, but everyone is different and also confidence, but confidence means, hey, like I also have my story of failures. I am myself authentically and purely but I also have my flaws. I also have my things to work on. That to me is, oh, okay, this person's a leader. A leader's not a perfect person. They've been through their trials. They've been through their failures, but they're not afraid to share those stories with you. Well, we, we mentioned Obama in the class. And again, this was a class on communication, not on leadership. But when we talked about the way a leader communicates, the word that came up was charisma. And that was the case mm. with, with Obama. And I hate politics. And I mean, for any of you that are, might be listening that are into politics, I'm not trying to alienate either side, but let's take Obama and Trump. Like you said, Obama speaks respectfully, looks at people in the eyes, calls them by name, where then Trump is up there saying crooked Hillary, saying the Chinese disease, saying using all these nicknames, we'll call it. And in the yeah. case, in a lot of cases, derogatory, is that the person you really want leading your country or your team or whatever the case may be. I mean, my big thing right. with, with him would be, you know what? He's the first politician and using that term loosely, because we know he wasn't a politician to go on the campaign trail, say, I want to do ABC XYZ. And when he got into office, he attempted to do ABC XYZ. He was the first one that didn't just 
blow a bunch of smoke up our rears just to get elected. He tried to do what he said he was going to do. But then when he stood there and spoke like a buffoon, that's not a leadership quality. I mean, if, 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 if Trump spoke the way Obama spoke, I think he would have been reelected like him or not. And, and that's the thing. I think if his, if his way of speaking was more in a leadership quality, I think the, and, and I'm not just talking going on the campaign trail three and a half years into his term. I'm talking for the four year when, when, if he said when Hillary or Miss Clinton or however, Senator Clinton or whatever you want to refer to her, but not crooked Hillary, not, not all these nicknames, it would have showed him as a leader, someone capable of running the country. And I, I can say that I think he would have been reelected had he just presented himself in a leadership quality role. Absolutely. And I think you hit the nail on the head with the word charisma, because when I was getting my mentorship, that was the one thing he said leaders possess is charisma. Any leader that you know that's, you know, a good one is possessing charisma, which Obama definitely has. And I remember meeting Priyanka Chopra at an event where I interviewed her and I was like, wow, this woman is so charismatic. The way that she she looks at you. She really looks at you, not just like, you know, just eye contact, but she's with you. Like she feels your energy. She's connecting with you. She repeats your name after she meets you. So she's listening and she just has this charisma, this aura about her. I think it's a certain aura, that charisma, where it's just like, oh, I feel so drawn to this person. It's almost like a pull, like an invisible energetic pull that you have towards someone and that is something that cannot be quote unquote faked you know you either you can you have to work on it because it's in you and you do that by you know working on yourself I think anybody can become a great leader if we work on ourselves individually and that's what we want and also you know let's say you want a certain quality in someone else or you're like I wish that person was like this if you lead with the quality that you want in someone else and you start to portray that, I think that makes you a leader. Well, I think I see that with, with the way I work. I mean, I, I say how I, I played with a team player personality. I coached with the team player personality and I worked that way. So that goes back to coach B, my first coach. I played for him. I learned that leadership type of personality that team first personality through him and that's what built me i mean i i know i've seen it in with coaches i mean there's coaches that obviously you you always want to win um, but there's coaches that have that win at all cost and to me i don't see especially at the younger level that's not the way it should be and i've had parents ask me well why do your kids get to play keeper all the time how come they're always goalies? Well, my older son's a junior in high school. He's the starting keeper for his high school. My younger son's in eighth grade. He's the starting keeper for his team. So obviously that is their position. They've built it. They've worked on it. But I would tell the parent, I don't care if your kid gives up six goals a game. I don't care if they give up 15 goals and we lose 20 to nothing. That doesn't bother me. What does bother me is if they cry in the backseat of your car all the way home and then next Saturday you don't show up at the game because they think they stunk. I was not a good leader. I was not a good coach. I should not set that person up for failure. And that's the same thing where whether you have that salesman who's brand new going out and trying for a role, or if your acting coach knows a role that's way over your head and says, here, 
go audition for it. And now they crush your dreams because you come back last on the list of who they were going to pick, even though they know that as a leader, as a coach, you don't set someone up for failure. And that's a big thing. When you're leading people, you don't set them up in a position where you know they don't have a chance to be successful. See, I don't know. I would like to play devil's advocate because I think when you're failing, you're closer to success because that means that you're taking the actions. I think any any successful person or any leader has had many failures. So someone is saying, oh, this role is out of your league or something, but I want you to challenge yourself. And even though you're like, oh, I probably have no shot at this, you failing, you taking that leap and doing the actions to at least attempt to, you know, believe in yourself. And even though you don't book it or get that job or that role or whatever, you got yourself or that other person leaded you to get out of your comfort zone. So that to me is a win. No, I agree with that. And I mean, if you, if we all waited until we were ready to do something, we would never be ready. Yeah. And I, and I understand exactly. that you, you need to fail. You need to, you need to come in second or come in last uh, time to time. And like, I have a, a girl that's going to go shoot her first tournament. And her mother said, do you think she's ready? And I said, well, ready's two different things. Is she ready to shoot a high enough score where she's going to be on a podium? No, not at all. My concern is she ready that if she looks at the standings and she does come in last place, is she strong enough to say, okay, that's where I came in. This was my first shoot. When's the next one? That's where I'm more concerned about the ready. And, and there's different things. I'm not saying don't challenge yourself. Um, so take, and I'll take my son, for example, he, his competitive distance shooting outdoors is 60 meters. And if there's a tournament where he's going to shoot 70 meters, he knows he's not going to win, but he can shoot it and, and shoot it well and actually beat some of the adults in the 70 meter range. But if he's going to really be competitive, he knows he needs to shoot in that 60 meters against his age is this. I'm not saying don't ever go and do something that you know you're not you're not going to win. You, you do need to challenge yourself. Um, but if someone came to me and said, hey, which one of these should I try? I'm going to set them up for the one that they would be more successful. Yeah, I see what you're saying. No, I definitely can understand that, too. I just, yeah, I just think that ready is a mindset. So if you tell yourself mentally and you have the conversation with yourself before, like, yes, I'm completely capable of this, regardless of what the outcome is and be detached from whatever outcome it is, knowing that whatever you do is going to add to your level of growth and also just challenging yourself. I think you are already successful in that way, even if you fail at the task, because successfully you've made it in your mind. So for me, ready is a mindset. I, I agree with that. The mindset you know, the aspect, physical outcome. Right. I, I agree with that. The mindset aspect, because there's another archer that I shoot with who, I mean, he's a better shooter than me. He's been shooting longer than me. He's, he's won one of the biggest tournaments. I mean, national championship i mean and technically i believe it's an international shoot um so he's shot at that high of a level um, but he's not a what we call a paper shooter he's not the guy that goes indoors and shoots a target 60 arrows at a time it's just not his sport i mean he does it for practice and i've seen him shoot perfect scores over and over and over again 
but when he goes to a big shoot shooting that indoor he doesn't shoot well because of the mindset in his head he's already telling himself i'm not a paper shooter i mean he's ready physically and there's there's the flip side there's people that are ready mentally like i would say (laughs) i'm ready mentally where my physical shooting isn't up as high as i would like it to be and there's times where when i shoot as well as i do on, on a bigger stage and when i went to nfaa indoor nationals i five points off the podium in fourth place more so because of my mental ability to block out distractions to be able to get up there and and going back to I mean, being in that leadership role and, and whether it be coaching athletes, coaching and in the acting field, coaching salesmen, instructing, leading, coaching. And it, there is that there is the physical aspect of what you need to do and the, the mental aspect. And I've had people comment on my shooting and not just the physical, but they're like, you never look like you're rattled. And I mean, I can think of one time where my heart my heart rate raised. I mean, I was shooting the Lancaster classic. I was one point down going into the last end, the last three arrows. And I kind of felt my heart rate race just a little. Uh, I ended up winning that one and advancing to the next round, but there's mental, my mental game is good on that. And I mean, when you're leading someone, there is the two different sides and and it, it would actually go even more than just two sides. Like you said, that mental, that mindset is big and being able to lead someone and don't get me wrong sitting in that locker room it's david and goliath and i know we're not goliath i had to convince my guys going out into the field that we had a chance to take that giant down even though when deep down inside i know we had no chance i mean we're we're playing against the the returning state champions a team that's lost one game all year and i mean do we really physically have a chance to do it no, but you got to lead your guys out there thinking that they, they have the opportunity. Absolutely. Yeah. Leadership is just, I think a quality that people can really possess if they adapt to that mindset. And, you know, we read self-help books all the time, but are we applying those things to our life? It's easy to read something and feel inspired. And that's great too. But how are you applying it to yourself and what actions actions I think is the key word is to where you want to be and what are you doing, you know, to get there? Well, I think a leader, um, I mean, we talked about how even a coach needs a coach. I mean, I believe that (laughs) a leader is someone that is willing to accept help, whether whether they're going out and asking for help, whether they're seeking it or whether someone comes and says, Hey, I was watching you from a distance and I saw this. Hey, why don't you try that? A true leader is going to accept the help. Maybe not, maybe not make a change, but take it in and digest it. Think about it. And maybe components of it will be applied moving forward where that boss is going to be the person. Like, I don't need someone telling me how to do my job. I don't need someone telling me how to run my business. And I mean, that person does not have the, I mean, we talk about growth mindset. They don't have that growth mindset to, to get better because they're the boss. That's it's their, it's their, their job. It's their company. It's their role. They're the boss. No one can tell them how to do it. Where I think a true leader is going to, to take the team around them and, and do whatever they can to be successful moving forward or to have their team be successful. 
who is a leader you look up to? I mean, just going with the coaching aspects. I mean, a lot of the coaches that I've dealt with, I mean, coach B was huge. I mean, I mean, coach Solis at O'Brien tech coach Roxanne up at Hall's arrow, um, another archery team that we shoot against. I mean, when I look at how they engage with their athletes, um, I was actually just talking to the assistant athletic director at, uh, at Bristol central, one of the high schools that I ref and I've, I've done their JV games, many games. And I look at the way their JV coach, their boys, JV coach works with their kids. And from, from a coach, even though I'm a ref now, I'm always a coach. I miss being on that side of the lines. And I watch how he engages with his athletes, the way he speaks to them, the way he communicates with them. He's never derogatory from the sidelines, the way he speaks to me as an official, even when he disagrees with the calls. I mean, that's, I mean, some of these people that I see, I mean, their, their way of working with the people around them. Uh, like I said, go back to, to, to Doug Bess. I mean, my first manager at Chuck E. Cheese. I mean, that was here. I am 16 years old, my first job. And when I see, wow, his crew is being overwhelmed and he's tucking his shirt into his tie into his shirt and getting out there and getting his hands dirty with his crew. That's a leader. And, and sometimes it gives you that false impression that, that, Oh, moving forward, this is how it goes. And then along the way, you find the bosses that'll just yell from the office and tell you what you need to do, but yet we'll let you I mean, sink or swim on your own because they won't get their hands dirty. It's tough. Yeah. And, and, and another one I'm going to put out there and we'll, we'll go with Derek Jeter and played in the biggest city in the world, played in probably the, the toughest media market in the world in New York city and played for the biggest sports organization in the world with the Yankees. And not once did you ever see his name come up in the tabloids. Not once did you ever hear him say something derogatory. And he was never the athlete that, I mean, and he did get booed in his career. There was one time where he went like 0 for 36 and Yankee stadium booed him. I mean, one of the most beloved Yankees ever, and he got booed by the home fans and he didn't flip the bird to the stands or, or brush him off or, or say anything. And so here's someone that had, you mentioned mindset. He knew going into his career that he was going to treat the game with respect. He was going to say the right thing all the time. I mean, there's the joke that he never gave you too much info. He always said just enough to kind of answer the question. So you never really got deep inside of who he was, but he never said anything wrong ever in his 20 year career. And, and yeah. that's, that's a leadership thing. Yeah, that's beautiful. I think that, and I'm not sure if I talked about this in the last episode, but I've been watching these YouTube videos of the secret service agent that I've talked about before. And she says that, you know, the conversations that you have with yourself on a daily basis become a home in your mind, just like you live in a regular house. It's your safe space. So now what kind of conversations are you having with yourself in your head? Because that becomes part of your subconscious beliefs. So if you're telling yourself, you know, like, I'm a loser, I'm a failure, haven't made it this far, like, look at everybody else. Now that becomes a consistent mindset for you. So when you do have a win or something, sure, you'll feel good about it. But then you'll retreat back to that same self limiting belief mindset. Now, if you change the conversation, you're like, you know what, 
I think I need to do a detox and a cleaning. And I kind of want to like kick this mindset out and invite a new mindset in. I want to create a new home for myself. Now you have to have, start having the conversations with yourself where you're like, I'm confident. I'm worthy. I am beautiful. I am peaceful, whatever it is that you want. If you, so like affirmations, for example, Now, if you start to practice those on a daily basis, that will become your new home in your mind. And now you completely transform your mindset and you can lead with that now. So once you change your mindset and your limiting beliefs about yourself into ones that are positive and loving, and as you would speak to a friend that way, or you would celebrate your family member, I think that you can completely transform your life and become your own leader. Yeah, my mindset's definitely definitely a big thing. And like you said, giving yourself the po- positive thought, positive self-talk. Um, I mean, I've always told I mean, my athletes and, and even other people always reference the positive. Like there was one time where Brian made the comment that, Hey, I didn't have any misses. Now that's a positive statement. I did not miss any of my shots, but you still made a reference to the negative of a miss instead phrase it. I I hit all my shots. Don't even reference the negative. So I I understand the statement was positive, but you said a positive statement by referencing the negative and even, even something as simple as that of just saying it in a positive way. I mean, always look right. at you yeah always look at what you want to do like one of the things with with whitewater kayaking you're going down there's a big rock in the middle of the river and you want to avoid the rock and you're aiming for that that open v for those that kayak you that the shoot to to send your boat down don't look at the rock or you're going to hit it you try water skiing or even snow skiing they tell you don't look down because if you look down that's where you're going you're going to fall if you look down look forward look to where you want to go love that that's exactly it it's what you want where you want to be and i've talked about this several times before but if you're like well i don't want this instead of saying i don't want catch yourself in that moment and ask yourself okay well what do i want instead now you're reshifting your focus on what you want versus what you don't want so you're like i don't want to be a failure okay what do i want instead catch yourself don't say the line i don't want when you start to practice that, then you'll start to like your vocabulary will change. You'll be like, okay, well, I want to be uh, successful in this area because I feel passion. I feel desire. I feel fulfilled in this area. And when you really break it down for yourself, what you really want is a feeling that you're chasing after. And you're just telling your mind that when you're in a negative state of what you don't want. And that's just, you're, you're not, putting yourself at an advantage or putting yourself at a disadvantage when you're doing that, when you have the power, when you have the power, because you are very powerful as a being to create the life that you want. It's all on you. It's never going to be outside of you. And that's might sound cliche or whatever, but it's the truth for me at least. And people that I've talked to that or interviewed or seen their successes of like how they adapted their mind, their heart, their body, their soul into, you know, chasing after or getting to where they want to be. Now, someone just recently posted on Facebook. It was, what do you think 
should be taught in school that's not taught in school and, and a couple of people put like i mean driver's ed should be a regular course and uh i mean how to balance your checkbook i put i mean actual physical education where you're teaching nutrition and and strength and conditioning for functional movement stuff that you're going to be doing your entire life not just go in the gym and play basketball and volleyball so if leadership was something that was taught in school what do you think some of the key components of that course would be because anywhere down the road you're going to need to be a leader if you're on a sports team when you become that junior or senior on that high school team even though you might not be the captain you're still going to be looked up to from the freshman when you go into the workforce and you've been there for a few years and the new guy comes in you're going to be looked up to as one of the i mean so everywhere in our life as a parent you're going to be looked up as as a leader um what do you think some of the key uh, components of, of a leadership course should be there, especially for like the younger generation? Oh, I think, well, one is sharing your stories, your failures. Mostly it's what makes us connected. Whatever makes you connect with other human beings, relate to them on a deeper level where like, oh, I feel like this person gets me. I feel like they really get me and I feel like I have a bond with this person. I think that should be taught in leadership of like how we can relate to each other more um, with our vulnerabilities and, you know, communication, our body language, like you said, charisma before. I think those are the key components, at least in my opinion. Um, What about you? What do you think are the key components that should be taught? Well, I agree with the the charisma, um, the way you show respect to others, the way yeah. you're there willing to to help others. Like I mentioned, um, the the captain of the team going back with that freshman who's having trouble running the laps and and running with them. I know I've done that at the gym with some of the people when we do just the quick half mile or mile run after a workout in the morning. If there's people that are having trouble making the run, I go out and run it with them. And it might only be a couple hundred yards, but that last couple hundred yards, the hardest part for them, I'm there with them, letting them know that they can do it. Um, So stuff like that, being that supportive person is definitely a big one. Um, I'm also one, and as goofy as it might sound, is I I like being in uniform and not, not, not necessarily uniform. But when I coach soccer, and the other day I I went to uh, visit a friend of mine, I had to ref a soccer game and, and she's a bartender. Uh, so I went to grab lunch there and I had my, my warmups and out of the corner of her eye, she saw someone in the full Adidas warmups. And she's like, geez, the only person that wears that is Jay. And then she goes up oh, and sure as hell, I walk in the door after that. It's, and obviously this is my refing uniform at the warmups associated with it. But when I coached high school sports, I didn't wear jeans and a t-shirt. I wore the warm-up with the school colors. I liked looking the part. When I was in Boy Scouts, we were in the troop that everyone wore the same uniform. Not one person in short sleeves, one person in long sleeves. Everyone wore the same uniform. So I think presenting yourself in a nicer way also shows, it, it just makes you look more, I don't know, formal is the right word, but if you see two people coming at you, and one person is in the nice pants and the button down shirt and the other one's in ripped jeans and a dirty stained t-shirt, which one's the one that you're going to want to deal with. And, and I know I don't get me wrong. Don't judge a book by its cover, but at the same time, 
you do get received. You, you yourself will act different. If you dress up for a wedding and you have your shirt and tie on and you're going to the wedding, you're going to act different than when you have your jeans and your jersey on for the Super Bowl party. I don't care who 100%. you are. I don't care who. I mean, it's kind of that, that episode we did about who's behind the mask. And you, yeah. you, act, you act different at dinner with grandma and grandpa than you act at I mean, dinner at the bar with your friends. You, you just naturally act different. It's not that you're, you're faking on one situation or the other, but if you dress in that shirt and tie, you're going to act different than if you're in, in, in a pair of shorts and, and a t-shirt. Absolutely. So, I think there's different versions of you too. So like you're talking about dinner with your grandma versus dinner with like your buddies or your best friend. Yeah, it's not fake. It's just there are different versions of each person. And when we're around certain people, they bring out those different versions of ourselves. And the uniform thing, I 100% believe and I agree with. My mentor actually used to say, he's like, I wear the same shirt when I see my clients. And they were like, John, do you do, you do your laundry? <laughs> and I think it's always like, you know, so people remember you in that way you leave an impression and I know in acting when you do an audition if you get a call back or when you get a call back they want you to wear the same exact thing that you're wearing in the original audition same hair same makeup because that's the impression you left on them and that's in their mind so if you go and change your look they're like but this isn't the person that came into the room or that we saw on tape so it makes sense it makes a lot of sense yeah I just think I mean looking the part and, and acting. I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I am, I'm not one of these people that you need to be politically correct all the time, but I know I've, I've had coworkers or even bosses over the years that have, have shared jokes or made jokes or acted in a way that wasn't quote unquote appropriate. And, and not to the point where, Oh my God, here's a lawsuit for harassment or whatever like that. But just, I mean, playing with a robotic fart button or something like that right before we have a meeting. And, and as much as it's a goofy, innocent thing to do, is that what the vice president of the company should be doing? And like I said, right. he, had, he had that playful personality. I mean, everyone knew it was there, but is that appropriate action for a leader? I mean, he's the vice president of the company. Should he be doing that? So there's different times where just, if you're in that leadership role, especially in that situation, act the part and do what you're supposed to do. Um, so I think, I think those are some of the big things I and mean, the, the appropriate way to, to present yourself, um, just being that, that team player, being the helpful one, um, the, the, not my job mentality drives me nuts. I know I I've seen it too many times where, yeah. uh, I, I, that's a tough one for me to handle. I mean, I was told years ago, everyone's the last job description, the last line in everyone's job description is and any other assigned tasks. So I don't care if you are the, the 15 year veteran, if the, the boss asks you to take out the garbage, it's not beneath you. And then you show, you show leadership by saying, yeah, no problem. I can do that. So if you're good enough to do it and there's no reason why the, the kid that's been there for two years can't do it. So think things like that are big. Absolutely. I mean, I mean, showing an example, set by example. Set by example, exactly. Lead with example. Now, to close this off, Jay, what would you say are, you know, the top three things that people can maybe practice in their everyday life to become more of a leader? 
And you mentioned mindset. I mean, like you said, first off, you have to have positive thoughts about yourself. I mean, if you're sitting there saying, I mean, whatever, whatever it is, I mean, if you're supposed to be leading the, the meeting in the boardroom with the sales team, or you're the captain of the high school team, or you're the coach, if you're sitting there saying, geez, I stink, how are you ever going to get the people you're trying to lead? So you have to go in with confidence right off the bat. You have to, you have to be confident in yourself, in your abilities. Um, respect is a big thing. We talked about the difference between the way Obama spoke and the way Trump spoke. Speaking in a respectful manner to everyone. Uh, I had a quote up on my near my toolbox. I, I treat the CEO and the janitor the same way. And, and that's the big thing. You treat everyone from the CEO of the company down. And I, I don't mean to say down as if it's lower, but from the janitor to the CEO, everyone gets spoken to with respect, regardless of what their job is, their title is, their pay grade is. Um, so th those are two big things. And, uh, and again, presenting yourself in, in an appropriate manner. And if you're, if you're in that leadership role, and again, if you're, and if you're a mechanic and you're, or you're and a construction worker, obviously your uniform is going to be, I mean, jeans or, or the, the standard blue work uniform. And my grandmother teased my father that his, he was in the military and he had the camouflage uniform, the BDUs. And she would say, these don't belong next to your good suits. He's like, but that's what I wear to the office. Some guys wear a shirt and tie. I wear camouflage. Those, yeah. and, and, but she just felt it didn't belong there. But, and so dress appropriate for your role. And, and I think respect is the biggest thing. Don't ever talk down to people. And I know I've been in situations where I had a boss running the situation and not a leader and was spoken down to many times. And so that, that's a big one for me. Treat everyone with respect would probably be on the top of the list. That's great. Tip. And then what about you? I don't think I have anything to add to that. I think those are great. So hope you guys enjoyed this one. Um, I mean, just going forward I and mean, show, show your leadership qualities. Um, like we said, it sounds like leading, leading with respect is the first one, speaking to people in a respectful manner, carrying yourself in, in the appropriate manner for the situation at hand and, and hope you guys enjoyed the show and we'll see you next week. Shift Mindset Podcast is for entertainment purposes only. While the suggestions, strategies, and practices we have given have been proven successful for our personal use as well as clients we have worked with, these recommendations should not supersede instructions given by any licensed professionals, including but not limited to your primary care physician and mental health professionals. Thank you. Thanks for joining us today for the PowerShift Mindset Podcast. We hope you enjoyed the show. Be sure to like and subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Find us on Facebook and Instagram at The PowerShift Mindset, and also visit thepowershiftmindset.com. Thanks again for listening to The PowerShift Mindset.